I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello. Welcome to Jewel Says. If you have anything you'd like to share or ask, you can email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. J-E-W-E-L-S says at gmail.com. This past Sunday was Mother's Day in the UK, right on the heels of International Women's Day. I hope all the mums feel special. I know some of you are missing your mum, as I am. But the warmth of my mom's memory makes me happy, even though she's not here. The North American Mother's Day is in May, which I like because we're more likely to have some nice weather in May. And of course, the men get June. Kind of makes up for International Men's Day being in November, doesn't it? Not that the weather is everything, but this past weekend here has been brutally cold, A lot of children in Ontario are on spring break, and I'm not sure whether all the school districts align. I think they don't. But I think spring break should be staggered. Maybe if the tourism demand was spread out a bit, you'd be able to book a trip or a flight, or maybe the cost of a trip would be less exorbitant. We never took trips for March break when I was a young mom. We certainly didn't go anywhere as a family when I was growing up. Traveling just wasn't part of my childhood. And when I was a mom, I had limited vacation days and limited funds. And sometimes Val, my babysitter, wanted March break off. So I often arranged for various March break day camps. It was really important to me that I expose the children to to a variety of activities because I never had classes and activities, formal stuff. I think a lot of kids in the 60s didn't. But I wanted them to figure out what they were interested in and then make sure that they had the opportunity, if they did find something they were interested, to really get good at it and enjoy it. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't just focus on the things I was interested in. I mean, I just love showbiz. I was never an athlete, but I thought maybe one of the girls might be. One year, they went to basketball camp. Well, maybe it was more than one year. But Carrie was so angry about going to basketball camp. So angry. Try it, I encouraged. You might really enjoy it. Nope. We laugh about that basketball camp to this day. 
And both Abe and Carrie's husband, Alan, are a little jealous that she got to go to basketball camp because they certainly didn't have that fabulous opportunity. But maybe trying something for five days in a row was a bit of a stretch, expectations-wise, maybe. But I tried. I loved being a mom. I loved raising my children. And I thought very hard about how I could give them all the opportunities I didn't have. And I think having my children in my life saved my sanity. If it weren't for them, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have been a ridiculous boozer. But I also do not think for a minute that being a parent is for everyone. This is one of the reasons, well, I mean, I'm horrified at the escalating restrictions on women's reproductive rights that we're seeing in the U.S. I just... Do not comprehend how anyone can think that women have to have babies, especially while providing inadequate parental leave, almost non-existent or very expensive childcare options, not providing medical care, basically no support for people who don't have money. Women are more than just a uterus. We're more than just an incubator. And sometimes the children of people who really didn't want children suffer. It's hard enough raising children when you do want them. I'm sure Mother's Day brings some grief or sense of loss to people who maybe had or have mothers who weren't able to provide them growing up with the nurturing and support that they deserved. Society tells us to love and respect our parents, but I know for some people it's easier said than done. And sometimes we have to distance ourselves from people who are toxic, even if we love them, even if they're family members. And I'm usually pretty optimistic that young people are better than my generation, that they're more accepting of people's differences. But that's not necessarily the case. I was speaking to one young man recently, he's in his early 20s, who said that our purpose in life is to reproduce I don't even know how we got on the subject, but I was a little more than nonplussed. I told him I would never expect my children to be parents. I am definitely not that person. TikTok, when are you having a baby? Uh Uh-uh. If you don't want one, you don't have one. And sometimes you want one and it isn't working out, so that can be painful. I'm grateful for my grandchildren, even though they live so far away. But I would never have expected my children to have children. I firmly believe it's a choice. Are you serious? This dude said. That's like a slap in the face. What? I was like, why would that be a slap in the face? Well, the whole reason we're on earth is to have children. And you're a mother. You raised them. It's a slap in the face if they don't want children of their own. Okay. What about people who aren't equipped to properly care for children? What happens to those children? That's why I'm celibate. When you're ready, you should have children, and I'm not ready yet. Oh, well, I'm glad he has that much sense. Anyway, I believe in choice. I think having children is a huge commitment. It it is very rewarding, but it's not for everyone. And if people want children, then that's their choice to make with their partner. Why did I bother even having that conversation? I'm obviously not going to change his mind, and he moved on to other kind of heavy subjects, such as, I don't know, the evils of transgender identity, uh, 
putting litter boxes in classrooms because children identify as cats. And when I said I would much rather someone transition than live with depression or possibly suicidal thoughts, he said, well, you believe in choice. Suicide is a choice, hmm? Like he actually thought that was a slam dunk argument. Wow. I'm not too surprised when old people hold these views, but it's a little unnerving to hear this from a young person. Our future. Well, not my future. I'll be dead. Your future. My grandchildren's future. He obviously thinks I'm an old idiot, which is fine by me. I don't understand why he thinks reproduction and gender identity shouldn't be a choice, but suicide is a valid choice? This young man happens to have chosen not to work, not to go to school, and to spend his days smoking weed and watching videos. I don't know. His choices may eventually lead him to homelessness. Natural consequences, my friend. Every choice has natural consequences. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. But mums... Society does hold mums to a very high standard, and I have to admit I'm guilty of that myself. I don't expect mothers to be perfect. God knows I wasn't, and I'm not still. But I have to admit that I do have an implicit bias when it comes to mothers who are very self-absorbed and cold. I happen to know one such woman personally. And I don't think people who don't become mothers are cold. I've heard people say, oh, I'm too selfish to have children. No, you're not. What would be selfish would be to have children and then not want to take care of them properly. Like, why are you doing it? Anyway, this woman was gorgeous. She was fun, quirky, sexy. She did never seem to keep female friends long term either. So maybe she wasn't even capable of being a good friend not sure. I met her through a very close friend who eventually told me he was going to marry her. I went a bit quiet. You never want to say anything about someone's choice of partner because usually they'll cut you off and go on the defensive. But as fabulous as she was and as clearly mad about her as he was, I took the chance on expressing a little trepidation on his behalf at the prospect of marriage. Admittedly, I already think marriage is a bit of a risk, so there's that. And their relationship had been based on partying, which isn't so unusual. But I felt that she had... You know, for some of us, the partying is transient. It's a stage. But I felt as though she had a deeply rooted sense of entitlement, inflated entitlement. She just seemed so self-absorbed. And I could be wrong. Do you think she wants to have children, I asked him, because I was pretty sure he wanted them. Well, we talked about that, he said. And I told her I definitely want children, so if she doesn't, that would be a deal-breaker. Okay, well, congratulations, I hope you're happy. She is a fabulous fox. And when you're young, isn't that what motivates us? Do men think, maybe they do, but I wonder, do men think, I wonder what kind of mother she would be? Maybe they do. Or maybe they just think, she's hot. I'm going to stake my territory. I don't know. I mean, obviously different men think different things. 
But anyway, they got married, and I think they were genuinely very happy. They suited each other. I used to laugh and say, wow, it's a good thing you two have each other because no one would put up with either one of you. And they laughed along with me because it wasn't meant to be mean. They were just really, really fun, unusual people. And fun-loving people who love boozing are maybe best matched with other fun-loving people who love boozing. People whose argument style is to rant, rage, and call the other person names and then passionately have makeup sex are probably best matched with people who think that's normal. I couldn't live with those things. I really appreciate peace. But I'm too sensitive, I guess, or at least I've been told. Anyway, they did end up having children, and she was an incredibly attentive mother when they were babies. I had been so wrong about her. She read up on all the best things to do for your baby. She breastfed them for ages, and she pretty much, if not entirely, stopped working to take care of them. Of course, no one really knows what goes on in someone else's home, but I kind of got the impression that she might have been a little bit obsessive. It's like, I'm looking after these babies, and this is now my jam. She was so focused on taking care of those babies. I remember her telling me that her partner did, her husband, did everything when her babies were born. She said all she could do was breastfeed and sleep. Not all she did, because he was that supportive. She said that was all she could do, which I thought was a bit strange. Most of the moms I knew did everything and felt lucky to have any help. But hey, whatever works for them. We remained close. There was a lot of laughter and love in their home. I loved going over there. But there were also a few red flags, at least in my mind. She managed to stay super sexy, good for her, which her husband loved. But I went out with her one night. I think the two of us only ever went out once. You know, a gal's night. And I was so surprised that she seemed a little too eager for male validation. And she also got so drunk that she could barely walk. I had to hold her up. I was, um, I hadn't seen that before. But I figured at the time that maybe that was a one-off. I also remember feeling discomfort to hear them talk about how so many women turned into gorillas after they have children. My friend mentioned that he would often come home from work to find her lying in front of the TV with the children and just call, she'd, she'd just call out to him something like, there's pasta in the pot if you're hungry. She didn't have a dinner made. And I think the kids had just eaten in front of the TV, which I suppose is not the end of the world. But I, I don't know, if it's a pattern, seems odd to me. And don't get me wrong, I do not think it's the woman's job to look after the children, house, and all the food, but I do think the person who has agreed to stay home should look after more of those things than the person who's out working 10-12 hours a day. Isn't that supposed to be part of the house spouse agreement? I said to him, well... Maybe the men whose wives turn into gorillas are a lot happier because the gorilla cooks meals. Ouch. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Fast forward a few years to escalated drinking, and I mean to the extreme, excessive flirting, or was it just flirting because... It eventually became indiscriminate cheating, going on a trip alone with no return date and no contact information, which I can't even imagine, compulsive shopping, which of course escalates financial stress, ending up forced to sell their home, calling the children names, telling them she hates them, she wished they'd never been born, and of course eventually a highly acrimonious separation and divorce. Heartbreaking, not just for the two of them, but of course for their children growing up through all of this. They say divorce is bad for children, but surely living with that is worse. Surely. I'm not sure whether the statistical comparisons have been done on divorce versus a toxic home environment or just divorce versus no divorce i think if you if you made that distinction you may find that divorce isn't necessarily worse for children i would think at one point a few years later well not long before the pandemic started one of their teens came to stay with us for a few months just before yeah it was just before the pandemic And he hadn't lived with his mom since he was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. His dad had been the custodial parent, while she ended up living with some guy and never paid a dime in child support. I don't even know if she worked. I don't know if she was ever able to hold down a job at this point. And of course, this kid was having challenges. His life had been tumultuous, to say the least, and his dad's partner, understandably, had had enough. So he could try it with his mother or stay with us, so he ended up staying with us for a bit. Maybe a change of place would help. Now, he was in the habit of uh, staying up most of the night, just watching videos and sleeping all day. So we, we couldn't just have him there and let him float by, continuing that way. So we worked with him on some basic life skills, but in baby steps. For example... Um, I'd say the first week, he had to wake up. He didn't necessarily have to get up, but he had to wake up at 10 a.m. He had to open the blinds and just start waking up. I don't think that's asking too much. He also had to do one constructive thing every day. Now, by constructive, that I mean anything. It could be going for a walk. It could be drawing something. It could be shooting hoops, anything other than lying around watching YouTube. And I know this doesn't sound like much, but teens hate being told what to do. I get it. 
And when you're used to staying up till 4 or 5 a.m., watching videos and sleeping all day, it's really hard to break the habit. So we kind of dealt with it in baby steps. He registered within a couple of weeks at the local high school, which was great. He had been expelled from his other high school and needed to finish his diploma. Both Abe and I were working long days on projects, and for the first couple of months, I was working in Sarnia from Monday to Thursday, so it was all on Abe during the week. Thankfully, this kid had zero addiction issues. I mean, I can't even imagine how anyone deals with that. I can't. And we weren't his parents, but sometimes it takes a village, and sometimes you'll listen to a close family friend when you won't listen to your dad. So if we were going to have him there, we had to at least have some boundaries. Oh, he had to cook one meal a week. This was after the first few weeks. I would help him cook whatever he wanted, but it was up to him to decide what he was going to make, let me know the ingredients, and then he could choose to come with me to the grocery store or not. I, I could just put them on a list and get them, his choice. After he cooked his first meal, he actually thanked me for letting him use the kitchen. And overall, he was pretty tidy, I have to say. I think a lot of teens are very slovenly. Not this kid. I was actually quite impressed. He cleaned his own bathroom, and he did a good job. The first time, he even called me up and said, let me know if I've missed anything. So he was a great guy. Plus, he was delightful company. Always up for a chat. I, I mean, I loved I love this kid. His glasses were broken and he didn't have contacts. He needed shoes. He needed some clothes. So we got all that stuff sorted out. He had a toxic friend who was sending him hateful messages. So we talked about how to handle that. We talked about choices and natural consequences, how difficult things had been for him, but how now it was up to him to move forward. Yeah, you know, you... You don't get to pick your family, and you don't get to pick your circumstances. We went to a counselor, but he didn't like that one, so we found another one, one who didn't focus on emotional stuff so much as choices, natural consequences, and control over your life. I assured him that if he wanted to go back to school after high school, like some post-secondary something, or take courses, we would find a way to ensure money wasn't the obstacle, because at first he said, well, I can't take those courses because I don't have money. Well, no. As long as you do the work, I said, I'm happy to pay for any courses you want, but I have to see that you're doing the work. I also told him the same thing I always told my own children. I will not financially support an unemployed adult who is not a full-time student. So when you finish high school... If you want to stay here, you have to be a full-time student or you have to be working full-time. If you're working full-time, you'll have to pay rent, which we would base on his income. Obviously not market value, because he'd be renting a room. And, which I would have secretly saved for him. So he registered at high school, which was maybe a three-minute walk away, and we insisted he be on time. I think some people think of school as just useless because the curriculum maybe doesn't apply to real life in the future, but it isn't just about the curriculum. It's learning how to meet scheduling commitments, how to complete projects, 
how to work with people who might drive you crazy, who you might have a hard time getting along with, all of those things. We insisted that he be on time for school. I was in Sarnia a few times when Abe had to get him up. And when Abe said, why haven't you left yet? You're late. He looked at Abe as though he was bonkers. What's the difference? He said, no one is on time. Well, you need to be on time. You never know whether one of those teachers will be a reference for you, and you need to develop the habit of being on time. Everyone else being late is not an excuse. School is your job right now. If this were a paid job, you would just be fired. And I happen to know for a fact that his dad struggled with getting him out of bed for school his entire life. He was impossible to get moving. But I think... I think maybe us haranguing him might have been better than his dad because eventually he got into the swing of it. Sometimes you, it's just like, you ever see little kids? Kids are a little more comfortable being their full, authentic selves with their own parents, as it should be. But I think he knew that we were we were under no obligation to have him there. So I think he tolerated our haranguing a little more because of that. Then the lockdown hit, which was very hard on him. I sincerely thought it would only be for a few weeks, but boy, oh boy, we know how wrong I was. Suddenly, here was this poor guy trapped in this house with just Abe and me. No friends. School online, which I think is hard enough for most children, but for someone who struggles with self-motivation, it was awful. Well, at least now I was home more, so it wasn't all on Abe. And it was very difficult for us to be hard at work in our office for very long days, listening to him sigh with boredom as he laid on the couch. I get that he was lonely from isolation, and... At this point, he was running out of videos to watch. Since focus and commitment were such a challenge for him, I, I worked with him to write down what he had to do each day, which I'm sure he hated. Of course he hated it. Then the next day, he wouldn't wonder what to do. He would have it all written down. Every night, he planned for the next day. Well, I sat with him and made him plan. We told him he couldn't lie down until 5 p.m., he never started school ever before 9.30, and classes only took up a couple of hours. So the plan would include having a shower, eating lunch, going for a walk, doing something fun that didn't require lying down, things like that. Sometimes having even a quasi-schedule is just good for you. When he was about to graduate, we had a little chat about a job. I've been applying, he insisted. I told him, though, applying online isn't enough. You have to either have a connection or meet someone who sees your superpower, which to me, his superpower was his absolutely delightful self. The only time applying online works, I think, is if you have a really strong resume that jumps out to a hiring manager. I've certainly never gotten a job applying online. And I told him I applied for so many jobs after I moved to Toronto, not until I booked myself at a meeting and came and met people did I even get a whisper of a request for an interview. But he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't just walk into places, though. Like He would still only apply online. And he didn't come right out and say it, but it appeared to me as though he was just 
planning on taking the summer off to do nothing. I think he thought, this is my last chance. And we were naively hoping the lockdown would lift soon. So finally I asked him, I sat him down to have a little heart-to-heart, one of many. So I asked him, do you think all this stuff we're doing is even helping? You know, the counseling, getting into a daily routine, or are you just tolerating us hassling you? Silence. I know it seems as though I'm on your case all the time, but it's because I sincerely want you to figure out what you want to do and succeed. And that isn't going to happen if you lie around watching videos all day and all night. I know. And when you've finished high school, you have to start working. But no one is hiring. Well, that's not true. All the fast food places and stores are open. Restaurants are open, even though they're they're not seating people. They're open for delivery and for pickup. You could go into some of those places. We live right around the corner from all kinds of small businesses. So I figured he could go into these places any time and see if they're hiring. But this was greeted with silence. Well, what do you think? I already said I won't support an unemployed adult who isn't a full-time student. And I know it's not easy to find a job, but if we don't see you at least trying harder to find a job, you're not going to be able to stay here. Maybe you can go back to your dad's. Do you think being here is good for you, or are you just putting up with us so you can be close to your friends? Silence. I knew the answer. He didn't come right out and lie, but he didn't want to say it either. I talked to my mom. She said I could go there. Well, that might be nice. She's not drinking anymore. Maybe you can spend time together. Maybe you can get your driver's license while you're there. About a week later, he went to stay at his mother's. And about six months later, I got an email from his mother's partner, who I had never met, telling me he's bringing him back to my place. I let him know, you're an adult, you have to make choices, your parents love you, and they want you to succeed. His father did not appreciate that. To say she loves him is to perpetuate a fallacy, he said. Well, that may be true, but I honestly don't think anyone wants to hear someone tell you your parent doesn't love you, especially the other parent, even if it's true. Someone told me when I was 39 years old that my father hated me. He only used me as a meal ticket. And even though my father may not have liked me that much, even though I'm sure he didn't hate me, and he certainly didn't need me to be a meal ticket, even though I was a grown-ass woman, it still felt awful for that man to say that to me. You can't say that to the child. In the end, he went back to live at his dad's, but we had a chance to talk about things afterward. On the upside, he had found a job and stuck with it, which I'm very proud of. But unfortunately, his mother had taken no interest in him while he was there. She and her partner seemed to resent his presence, resent the food he ate. He said she didn't even bother talking to him. I had sincerely hoped, now that she wasn't drinking, that she would be better. But I was dead wrong. She doesn't love me, he said. Well, I can see why you feel that way, and maybe you're right, but 
Some people are just not very good at loving anyone other than themselves, and I think she might be one of those people. And maybe she doesn't even love herself. At least you gave her a chance to make things right, and I'm just so sorry it didn't work out the way you'd hoped. Sometimes we just have to accept that we're better off without some people in our lives, even if that's your mother, and no one has the right to judge you for that. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.